We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you download your podcast. We are all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can also find us at bluewirepods.com. Great podcast network with even more NBA podcasts. There's a lot of NBA podcasts on there. So if you like the NBA or the NFL, go check out Blue Wire. This is Jacob. And tonight we have almost a full team with us. I've got Justin with me. My shirt's untucked. Does that mean that I'm going to get a delay of game? I wish I wish I had a whistle sounder because <laughs> I would have given you a delay of game. <laughs> Apparently in the Minnesota game, um, uh, I forget who it is. Somebody ratted on somebody for having a shirt untucked. It's a movement. It's a it, movement. Yep. I've got Nick with me. Lou Dort, two points. Break the internet. <laughs> it was uh, it's a rough two points. And Taylor. Thank, okay, I'm really glad you introduced me last because, Jacob, I have a question for you. Ever since I saw this tweet earlier today, um, so hypothetically, let's say you know, you're know you enjoying the Christmas season, right? And you and your fiancé, you guys are in the car, you're looking at Christmas lights, you're sipping on some eggnog, feeling super festive. But are you playing like screamo, death metal Christmas music in the background? Like how does this work? Oh, yeah. Have you not listened to that album? It's a really good album. <laughs> no. I'm so I, confused. So I don't think it's your type of music, but it's a good... The August Burns Red Christmas album is pretty good. 
Um, but uh, it is very, uh, very like metalcore, death, death metal, uh, Christmas music. It's good, man. <laughs> Give me that Run DMC Christmas instead. Yeah, that one's there good as go. well. You know what Christmas song is really, really underrated and really good? What? Is it called That's What Christmas Means to Me by Stevie oh, Wonder? That Yes, that is your – I'm on with you there. 100% on board. Great Christmas Anything song. Anything Stevie Wonder. Nick, what's your favorite Christmas song? Hmm. Like Jingle Bells? I'm not really a huge okay, Christmas song Nick. guy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to see her and act Most like vanilla I Most vanilla-ass answer you could give. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know on Jingle Bells. <laughs> I literally have no clue any of these songs you've been talking about, so I, I, I don't have any input on Justin, what's your favorite Christmas song? Merry Christmas Baby by Otis Redding. Oh, hands down. If you haven't listened to it, stop the podcast right now and go listen to it, but then come back and finish. All right, well, I guess we're stopping the podcast because I haven't heard it. <laughs> Taylor, what's yours? I love Jingle Bell Rock. I always have, ever since I was a, a youngin'. But I love like the different like um, different takes on it, like the different people who do covers and such. Okay. Classic. You know, you know who, who he's coming to the peak, who I cannot stand, and he has a Christmas album that my mom always plays on Christmas Day. It makes me want to blow my brains out. Michael Buble? Who? Michael Buble. Uh, I that hate dude, that dude. He only exists because of Christmas music. Fair. Yes. Very I fair. do not like that guy. Um, you know what Christmas song is awful? I mean, what? I can make a list, but <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna say there's a lot to <laughs> choose quite a from. Few. Baby, it's cold outside. Yes, yeah, rapiest song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's amazing that we've only just now realized that. That's so yeah. true. It took us however however many decades. Like she now. asked, like, "What's in this drink?" And he's like, "Oh, you can't go home." Like, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I love Should I be singing along to this song or line. checking my morality right now? Like, holy crap. <laughs> well, speaking of morality, maybe the Thunder need to check theirs because they bludgeoned the Portland Trailblazers tonight, which was, uh, I don't know. It, it, it depends on where you fall on the great tanking debate. Are you a hashtag olds from Facebook? Losers lose. We need to win. Or do you want better better draft position, right? Or do you want think the Thunder could actually make a push for the playoffs, and, and so you want them to win? Or are you cheering for the team to win but not sad when they lose? Right, the, the great tanking debate. But regardless of where you fall, the Thunder are not helping out that cause. Winning four of their last five and three of the last four on the road. Uh, like I mentioned, they beat the Blazers tonight up in the Rose Garden. 108 to 96. I think it's the first time they went up there in four or five games. You know, obviously they they didn't win a game up there in the playoffs last year. They got the break speed off of them earlier this season up in Portland. That was just a couple of weeks ago. So, guys, we we haven't had a chance. We didn't do a post-game podcast on this one because it just ended. So, thoughts on on the game up in Portland? All right, so I guess we're moving on from the game in Portland. We're all really upset that we just aren't we're winning and not tanking. Um, no, that was very fun to follow. I did the post game podcast for the Minnesota game, which was also extremely fun. And like that's what this comes down to is like I, I have I have convinced myself that what's best for this team is to tank and get a better draft pick. I'm all about that. But in the meantime, like some of these games, like tonight and uh, Friday night against Minnesota, have been a lot of fun. And particularly when you have guys like Shea, I think it's the first thing that stands out to me. He struggled early on. 
he was not shooting the ball well again, uh, but he was doing other things to get teammates involved. He was getting rebounds, something that we haven't really seen from him yet. He got some some tough was, rebounds some in traffic rebounds. tonight. Yeah. I mean, like there was one that I, th- I can think of, and I think it was in the third quarter, um, where there's like two uh, two Portland Trailblazers down low about to get a rebound, and this is after like a, a previous attempt, I think, from Nerlens trying to put a shot up, and. Like, it looks like Portland's going to get the ball and run out in transition. And all of a sudden, you see these, like, long arms and hands, like like the uh, MJ meme, or, you know, from Space Jam or whatever, GIF, or whatever you want to call it. Um, to see these hands, like, come up and get the, get snatch the rebound and kick it out. And it was Shea. It was like, those are things that we haven't seen from Shea yet. Um, just stuff like that that he was doing defensively. He almost got a double-double. And, right, he had nine, nine rebounds. boards tonight. Yep, and... and, and- and then he takes over down the stretch, and he finally gets yeah. the shots start going in. And I think that's what's huge. And nine of twelve from the free throw line. That's on the back of did he go eleven of eleven? Yeah, in, on, uh, in, in Minnesota in the or game against Minnesota, against, Minnesota, against Minnesota. So the fouls against him have have climbed pretty high. He's he's being aggressive. He's getting downhill. I thought he made a lot of plays tonight where he got the the quote unquote hockey assist where you pass to the guy who assists the ball uh he made made a handful of plays like that i just i thought even though he struggled for most of the game shooting the ball until there in the fourth quarter i just thought he made really good plays um and and plays that that show you that he doesn't have like what billy's been preaching he doesn't have to score the ball to make an impact on the game and to me he did that tonight it was just it was really encouraging uh, another big storyline from tonight, Lou Dort, 20 minutes off the bench. That is more minutes than Darius Baisley, more minutes than, or, or right on the same amount as Nerlens Noel, one more than Abdul Nader. Uh, and I thought Lou, I mean, he, he was only one of four from the field, took three threes, missed them all. The only basket he made was a layup. But I thought Lou defensively, for his first, really his first NBA game, right? Like he got a little tiny bit of burn the other night. Um, what, like less than 10 minutes. But in, in a in a game, in a road game where he checks in and has to go in and, and guard Damian Lillard, I thought defensively he looked really well. And you've, you've had a chance to see him in person with the blue, haven't you? Yeah, and, yeah. and I've, I've tweeted this out before, but this dude, as far as athletically and physically... I think is is NBA ready. I think my favorite play of the night actually is Lou is guarding. I think he was guarding CJ McCollum, uh, hounding him up the court, and Hassan Whiteside came up to to set a screen. And he uh, just while, lowers while his CJ shoulder. Yeah, yes. and Lou ran into the screen, and the only person Boom. that fell was Hassan Whiteside, who's a massive human being. I tweeted. I said it's kind of like when the running back comes in the hole and an undersized corner comes up to stop him. The running back just blows him up. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. That's of. what it looked like, but it Literally was Hassan Whiteside. So let me ask you this. Since you've seen him in the G League a couple times, were you surprised with his performance tonight? Uh, in a sense, yes, because you're guarding freaking C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. But, but his physicality... Uh, and the the style of defense he played, right? So so the quality, I was a little bit surprised about, mm-hmm. but the, yeah. but the style stylistically, I was not surprised. I knew mm-hmm. he would come in, he would be physical, he would be a dog. Um, I actually thought they would try to match him up against some of the bigger Portland guys a little bit more, which Portland's in this weird spot without Rodney Hood and um, and others where where they don't really have any of these like. 
wing slash guards, you know, um, they, they, they have guys like Bazemore and CJ and Dame. And then they have guys like Mello. And it's like they don't have anybody like in the middle there. So I, I thought they would try to match him up on someone who runs around a little bit less and is more of a uh, uh, wants to bang, wants to push on you, wants to post you up because I think that's a better matchup for him because because of the physicality. But I was I so I was a little surprised at him being able to guard those quicker guys and get over those screens a lot better. But but the style he played, I was not surprised at at all. So I. Love Dort as a player. I think he's going to be uh, fairly solid even this year uh, as a contributor for the team. But I do want to say pump the brakes a bit. We talk about this a lot. Teams don't have film on him. And, yeah, he didn't tear anybody up offensively. But even as an offensive player with someone guarding you, you start to notice tendencies and watch film on that too. Uh, I'm sure whenever he stepped out on the court, Lillard said, who the hell are you? Um, and even with the great score he is, he, he's not really sure what kind of defender Lou Dort is. And I'm already seeing people on Twitter saying Lou Dort is better than Burton and Nader. He should be playing, get him a contract now. Like, pump the brakes a bit. Yeah, he had a good night in his true NBA debut, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. 100% agreed. Yeah. 100% One thing, agreed. Uh, who's Bert, Bert Wright's NBA? Uh, it's Brandon. What do you guys remember his last name? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. If you hadn't said it, I probably could have told you. I know. David David Brandon. David Brandon. There it is. Yes, thank you. Um, He tweeted something out that I actually found interesting and started watching after he tweeted this out because I didn't pick up on it originally. Um, He mentioned Dort's hips and how he's – basically how he's uh, able to move laterally. He's a little slow. He's able to keep up because of his strength, and he does have speed, but he does not have quickness. He's got a 6'9 wingspan too. Right. Right, he's long, he's thick. Uh, it takes a little bit for him to oh, just to get like going. I like him, long and thick. <laughs> long oh and my thick. gosh! <laughs> um, but regardless, I'm with you, Nick. Like once teams pick up on that, um, if he gets a smaller, quicker player that he's going to going to be defending, they could exploit that. I think pretty easily. So that's certain, certainly and, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and whenever covering him in uh, in the G League with the blue, he told me that. He's used to guarding a little more physical guys and not small, quick guards. And he said that that was a challenge for him in training camp, guarding guys like Dennis Schroeder that are that are smaller, huh. a little more undersized, and, and have a lot more speed and quickness to them. Uh, he said, like, I'll guard anybody. Uh, but he said those, those smaller, quicker guys are a little bit more of a challenge for me. That's a place where I'm getting better at. So it's kind of interesting that he mentioned that specifically to me um, as a, a place of struggle and a place he can grow. And then that's kind of exclusively who he guarded tonight. Although he did have a possession where Mello tried to post him, and I thought Lou stood him up pretty well. And then he, it's like he just kind of knew that Mello was going to pivot off that left foot to that fadeaway, and Lou stepped right into it and forced a really, really bad shot, which Mello took a lot of those tonight, going four <laughs> of 18. <laughs> Shocking. You knew I had to throw that in there, right? Did uh, you see the the somebody tweeted this? I guess this was Mello's tenth game with Portland. I think it was Royce that tweeted it, and uh, Portland has gone four and six. But then uh, oh. Alex from Down to Dunk pointed out that he's gone four and six with Portland. He went four of six with in Houston. his first ten with Houston. 
He went four and six in his first ten with OKC, oh, that's so and weird. four and six in his first ten with the Knicks. So weird! Wow, super weird. Okay, so Royce's tweet was that uh, Carmelo has played ten games with the Blazers, averaging fifteen point nine points per game, on forty point eight percent shooting, thirty five point nine percent from three, on fourteen point seven field goal attempts, and thirty one point eight minutes. So that's compared to thirteen point four points per game with the Rockets, which is a decrease of about <clears throat> about two points per game. Um, 45%, 40.5% from the field, which is down, or uh, just, uh, right on par with what he's shooting now. Uh, about the same from three as well, about three percentage points down, and then 12.1 field goal attempts compared to the 14.7 with the Blazers. Um, both teams are four and six in his first 10 games. So yeah, that's extremely interesting, particularly when taking two consideration the thunder and the knicks like justin just said that's crazy yeah it's uh, i felt i felt like to steal nick's line everyone needed to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on mellow like, mellow renaissance like he had yeah. a couple solid games to start but for the most part i feel like what he's done is pretty comparable to what he did with okc yep and over time the the joy of seeing him hit some shots is going to be overwhelmed by the negatives. Yeah, and and with the injury to Rodney Hood now, they're even more, I think, in the market of making yeah. a deal right around December 15th. So, so um, with that being said, though, uh, the Thunder get in the win column again tonight. And after some tiebreakers and, and some other games that have gone final this evening, the Thunder are now the seventh seed in the West, which, again, Playoffs, where you fall in the great baby. tanking debate. Uh, good or a bad thing, you know, but I would assume that number is going to fall once the vets start getting traded away. But And once we stop playing Golden State in New Orleans all the time? <laughs> yes. Are the Thunder really, with this roster, are they 7-8 to eight seed material? Or is, is this just a product of some of the West teams beating up on each other and the, the bottom of the West not being so great? I, what, do you, what do you think? I don't think you can you know sit here and say they're a, a for sure seven or eight seed however uh i would i would say if you asked anybody around the league you know with this current roster if we play things out could the thunder be a seven or eight seed i think absolutely um more more likely they'd be a nine or a ten but i don't think it's out of the question to say that based on what the west looks like right now and some of these teams that are already facing injuries like portland you know, San Antonio struggled. Uh, Golden State's fallen off the face of the earth. New Orleans Phoenix is, might not be legit. Yeah, like Phoenix. Teams like I mean, that. it's 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 not out of the question to say if Oklahoma City, you know, really wanted to keep the roster intact and go for a playoff spot. I don't think anybody in the, around the league would say that's out of the question. And I'm exactly with you too. I think the way the team's currently constructed, they absolutely are a like one of those. Uh, I guess a bottom playoff contender, maybe is what you would refer to that as. Um, and if that were what the team were going for, like I trust and Presti be able to make the necessary moves, right? Come trade deadline um, to push them into that seven, eight, six, seven, eight uh, contention. But that's obviously not the direction of the team moving forward. And so because of that, they aren't going to be a playoff team, right? Now, particularly come the trade deadline when they're trading away some of these guys. I think a week from today, actually, we're recording this on Sunday. So next week, December 15th, uh, all these players that change teams in, in the offseason will become eligible to be traded. And I, I, I kind of have a feeling that that would kind of be like opening the floodgates because a lot of these teams have not been able to trade players, right? Yeah, we talked about this on the last podcast. The last time we were all together, 
that there hasn't been a trade since the Russell Westbrook trade. It's the, I, is yeah. it the longest drought in NBA history or something like that where yeah. there hasn't been a trade? So, uh, I mean, I think these guys are kind of kind of chomping at the bit. I Actually, I was listening to the Brian Windhorst podcast, uh, which was probably a mistake. And it was Windhorse <laughs> and Royce, and, Royce. And, yeah. and Bobby Marks. And one of them joked that they've heard that some GMs have flirted with trading two-way and G-League guys because they're just itching to make moves. <laughs> That's so, so stupid. So I think we're going to see uh, at like least a few. Yeah, <laughs> literally. It's a bunch of kids trying to play 2K, exactly. I think we're going to see maybe a few moves uh, before the new year. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so moving on, though. We've got to talk about Snitch Paul. Yes. <laughs> Chris Paul, Snitch Paul. The memes have been incredible. Damn um, right, quoting Chris it's, Paul. Uh, Damn right. My favorite one, I think, is someone said Chris Paul when he said when he saw Jordan Bell with his shirt untucked, and it's the black guy on the subway yelling, Police! Police! <laughs> Oh, so good. I haven't seen that. So good. Oh, man, it's hilarious. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) So after after the the debacle in the Minnesota game in which Chris Paul got the Thunder of of a free free throw, uh, can you say, is is it a free free throw or is it just a free throw? Free free. Yeah, he got it free. he, He got it for free from them. So it's a free free throw. Complimentary free throw. Mm, there, there you, you go. go. That's the way to put it. Good. Breaking out Buy the, one, the get one free throw. So after that happened tonight in the Portland game, the Thunder get tagged twice for uh, for jerseys being untucked. Delay of games, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get twice delay of games, uh, jerseys being untucked. Uh, are the refs just messing with Chris Paul? Uh, if you haven't seen this, someone has the, the video on Twitter where you Wob. can hear Chris Paul. Yeah, Wob, Wob had always. it. Where where Chris says um, they're trying to get me back. Congratulations, you just got on Sports Center tonight. It was pretty funny. But so good. is um, did Chris Paul start a movement here, guys? So he he just uh, or Matty Lee just uh, tweeted out video of his post game, and they asked him about it. And I guess I didn't realize this until I just started listening to this. I had uh, had my mic on mute and was trying to listen through some of it, but. Apparently, both those delay of game calls were on Chris Paul. Of course, it's hilarious. That's oh yeah, really they're going, they're going at him. That's funny. That's, I yeah. like that. Yeah. And who didn't somebody else tonight? What team was it that? It was Minnesota team. against Minnesota. Yeah, it was literally Minnesota. The team that yeah, jo- Jordan it, Bell, yeah, the one that got in trouble for the untucked jersey, uh, snitched on the Lakers tonight. So good. I'm telling you, he's a trendsetter. My favorite it's part just- is is Chris Paul's response today to those refs, and he goes. Um, what did he say? You're just trying to get back at me or something like that. You just want to be on Sports Center. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was good stuff. So great. It was really good stuff. It's weird to be on this side of it after years of watching this kind of stuff from Chris Paul. So from true. Hey, it's annoying opponent. the hell out of us. Yeah. I, I, I'm a fan of the rip move now. I'm just saying. <laughs> weird how that I, I've hated that shit for years. <laughs> Haven't enjoyed it this much since Kevin Durant was an OKC. Yeah, right. It's great. Hey, I was actually having this. Calmier and I were having this conversation earlier today. Just kind of forgot Kevin Durant existed. Yeah, he's kind of just falling right off field. the face of the earth this season. Like he, he, he's not playing basketball. Like I don't watch Nets games. Like just kind of forgot that he's a human being. 
He'll tweet something dumb and make you remember. Yeah. Just because he's upset he's not getting attention. Yeah, so real quick, since we've been bringing up the the great tanking debacle multiple times here, I want to talk about the draft real quick with you guys. So we got a Twitter question from uh, 93, the number 9, N-E-T-H-R-E-E, 93. I love that. Uh, he said, right now we're last in the lottery. For a team not making the playoffs, that's probably the worst place to be. If we end up trading a few guys uh, with Gallo being unquestionably gone for an asset, what draft position do you want, and where do you think they ultimately end up being? I want to elaborate on that a little bit and also also ask, what player do you hope they draft in a realistic spot? Um, so so what have you? what do you guys think? If they, because I agree with ninety three that they're they're in the worst spot possible by uh, getting the fourteenth or the thirteenth worst record in the league, because that puts you at the end of the lottery, not in the playoffs, but not getting a good draft pick either. I think ideally, you you end up six through eight, right? Um, but but I'm interested in where do you guys think they end up drafting at? What position do they end up in? And what player would you like them to target? I, I think uh, we've talked about this quite a bit. It's pretty clear, you know, with the young guys on this team, the only glaring position that needs to be filled is some sort of wing. And, you know, Darius Baisley may uh, be a good 3-4 option down the road, but to truly have, you know, that long, small forward that can be one of your main guys down the stretch is not someone that we've seen on the roster right now. So that's going to be someone they acquire through draft or through trade. So I would say a wing is probably of most need. However, I don't see this draft as a great draft for a wing. I see a lot of point There's guards, a, and a lot of guards, guards, a lot of guards. Um, in this draft. So I guess I would say, you know, obviously it's not a position of need, but if, if you had to, you know, if I had to draft today uh, as an NBA team, um, I would probably go with Cole Anthony. I just think he's going to be uh, NBA ready after this year. I think he's going to make a, a difference for somebody, you know, from the jump next year on opening night. Very disappointed you didn't say Lamelo Ball. Boo! Hello. <laughs> there's Actually, only there's only one mellow in this world, man. Yeah, that's right. And OKC could have had them both. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah uh lamello out uh yeah, it looks like for weeks. maybe a month after a, after yep. an injury to his foot so uh that's a little bit of a bummer for him but justin since, since you kind of brought that up is is lamello is projected to be possibly number one uh looking at like a top three kind of guy is that if the thunder either land in that position or are able to trade up into the top five is that your ideal target no. Okay. Not at all. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure we can yeah. still have you on the podcast. No. Who is no, your ideal target, or do you even have one at this point? At at that position, I mean, it's got to be James Wiseman. If you're that high up, uh, assuming you don't get the number one pick, which would be highly unlikely. I mean, Anthony Edwards, like uh, Nick mentioned, Cole Anthony looks good. I haven't done a ton of film watching on any of these guys, but – in a more realistic position, I think a guy that we've talked about a little bit is, uh, I can't say his last name, but Denny from Israel. Oh, yeah. Uh, Denny Ad- uh, Av- Avdia. Avdia. Denny Avdia. 
Uh, any of the uh, I'm snickering. I'm so, snickering because we have an inside joke, but I can't say it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Um, he's six foot eight, so he's like you guys mentioned. It's a guard heavy draft, but that gives you an opportunity. They call him uh, Baby Luca. Yeah, Baby Luca. And seeing what he's done in Dallas this year, I mean, if you can get an actual baby Luca, much like baby Yoda, then you go for it. Yeah, I still haven't watched The Mandalorian yet. So, Taylor, I'm going to move on before you guys can rip me on that. Taylor, do you have a, <laughs> a, an ideal candidate in the draft? So the more research I've done, which is still fairly limited, like um, when I get more free time, I'm really going to dive into this. But I've done more than I have in previous years, particularly for this point. So really, Yeah, up to this point, I've right. done so much more draft work than I've ever, ha- ever, have. ever done. Uh, in in December, <laughs> like I remember you and I talking last year, Jacob, and it was like May, and you and I were like, okay, I guess we should finally start jumping into some of these. Draft yeah, picks. I sat <laughs> down and watched like three full games of Matisse Thibel because of that that rumored yes. promise. That was <laughs> we a, were so excited about. And Matisse. then I wrote a huge article about it. What a waste of a night, man. <laughs> Good times. Good times. So, you know who I didn't write about? Darius Baisley. And sure enough, that's what's going to happen the best this part coming about year. This conversation, yeah. When Presley drafts, you know, fill in the blank and ends up becoming a yeah. Who He's going to draft Lavar Ball? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh God damn, Le- Le- uh, so Leangelo bad. or whatever. Um, my guy's RJ Hampton <laughs> right now, and I just have been so impressed seeing both his court vision, the way he's able to use his length and versatility. Um, both on the offensive and de- defensive end. And I think the thing that stuck out to me the most so far, without diving into stats or anything, just based off of eye tests, which I know people love to hear, but sometimes that actually means something. And in this case, I think it does. His effort. He is flying to try and get blocks. He's trying to get rebounds. He he shows effort on every single possession. He's trying to make the winning play. And that's something I love about him. Um and it gets me really excited to think about like he he's built almost similarly similarly to Shea, even if they aren't exactly you know similar players. Um, in a backcourt of him and Shea together, particularly this is obviously you know hypothetically once they trade CP3 come this summer, um, that's a backcourt that really gets me excited, and that's something I think you can really build build upon and and kind of look forward to. So RJ is my guy kind of leading right now. I want to see how he continues to develop because he's playing on a fairly decent team um, over in Australia, and so he's kind of he has a little bit of a shorter leash leash than like a Lamelo Ball does, where he's just allowed to jack up anything. And then one other guy I'm kind of keeping an eye on right now that I'm curious to see after the Wiseman injury is uh, Precious, and I can never I'm not you guys know how bad I am with with names, but oh god, yeah, I don't think, even try, bro. A- Akiawa, <laughs> oh, I, I think that's it. I really you just do think offended that's it. somebody. I think um, it's but, Precious Ashua. Gosh, dang it, I quit. A chili. Moving on. A chili's. <laughs> a a, chui, a chihuahua, uh Yeah, no, I quit. That's funny. Um, Anyways, I think he's going to be solid as well. For sure. I am also high on RJ Hampton as well. Uh, Taylor and I have talked about this a little bit. And if you guys haven't yet, ESPN, you can just look it up on YouTube. Uh, ESPN, Mike Schmitz, uh, who does draft work with ESPN, has like a 30-minute sit-down with R.J. Hampton where they just watch his film, and they look at good good stuff, bad stuff, and R.J. kind of breaks down film with him, and it's really, really enjoyable, and it just gives you a different perspective uh, on, on R.J. as a basketball player. I love the idea of R.J. Hampton, uh, just the, especially it, it, 
the I like it even more when you pair it with the idea that it would be he and Shea in the backcourt, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, both with like a 6'10 wingspan, uh, both kind of defensive dudes who can, who can hound other guards, um, who are long, who can pass the ball, who can get out and run the break. I love that idea of that backcourt. I would I would be very happy with that. Um, obviously, my my ideal is getting Anthony Edwards, but I think you're going to have to get the number one pick to make that happen. And then I also like Jaden McDaniels from Washington, six ten uh, wing. Uh, he can play small forward and power forward. He can handle the ball. He can stroke it. He's um, I think Sam Vecini from the Athletics said he is a prototypical Michael Porter Jr. type player. Yeah. And, and, and like he said that he, his jumper, he said basically what, what Vicini has said about him is that he's not elite at anything yet, but he's got all these tools that if he figures it out, it's going to be dangerous because he, he's so tall and he shoots from so high up, small guys can't guard him. And then he's got such a, a good, skill with handling the ball that if he can tighten up his handle big guys won't be able to stay with him on the perimeter and he's just going to be a matchup nightmare for everybody so those those are my three kind of guys right now and I think the Thunder are going to try to move up in the draft this year to to get a good player like one of those dudes really quick Nick it it was a chew up but I'm doing some research here (laughs) and it turns out that not only do they have a uh, precious a chew up but I, I'm assuming this is his brother. God's Gift, Achua. In 2013-2014 uh, men's basketball roster at Red Storm Sports. I don't know. There's a God's a Gift, Achua. a better Chua. name than Taylor. <laughs> I know. Oh, God's that doesn't Gift be... and Precious. <laughs> Did you guys see the name of that football player that committed to LSU? Uh, the coldest to is, ever do yes. it. The coldest the to cold, ever do it? Coldest, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my God! What a name! So taking like fourteen steps back from that rabbit hole we just jumped into, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty dang easy to move up in the draft this year. If even if Oklahoma City screws around and and barely misses the playoffs, ends up with the eleven or twelve pick, you could package that with Denver's twenty twenty plus hypothetically trade Gallo to Portland for their first rounder in 2020. You trade those three first round picks, move up into the top six, five, six range. And yeah, we could trade next year. You could trade your pick this year. Plus next year's Miami pick or something like that. Uh, There's, there's a lot of options. Very true. Particularly with a weak free agency class next year. Right. So like, yeah. So teams teams won't be able to get free agents. So trading a player um, would be like acquiring a, a, uh, free agent so yeah definitely okay guys last thing kind of thunder related before we move on the upcoming schedule thunder are on a back-to-back tomorrow night they'll play at utah wednesday night they are in sacramento to play the kings and they close out this road trip saturday night in denver to play the nuggets uh, real quick i want to hear all three of you what are your predictions for the next three so let it be known that the only person here that went two and one uh last week was this guy and he was correct well congratulations <laughs> what do i win give me my prize but what about next week oh boy so uh, next week i'm going one of two because <laughs> that is just brutal and somehow this team's gonna like find a way to win one of them and they'll be close in all three because that's just who this team is it's super weird 
Yeah, I'm going to go one and two also. I I don't know. It's it, 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 Looking at the, the week ahead, it looks like it's going to be a win versus Sacramento. That's uh, what I was going to say. Versus exactly. Utah exactly. and uh, Denver, but it's probably more likely going to be Oklahoma City miraculously wins their back-to-back against Utah tomorrow night on the road, and then they <laughs> lose the rest of the week. True. I'm going to go 0-3. Oh I'm gonna. I'm joining you, Justin. I'm going zero and three as well. That's that's realistic for sure. This team's just full of surprises and it's ridiculous. <laughs> I zero uh, oh and three just just seems like an evening out to the to the to the middle, yeah, right? Like exactly. They that, that Minnesota game was iffy, right? They had to go into overtime to win it. Uh, they've overachieved a little tonight, bit lately. Tonight they they won against Portland. Um, with the caveat of like Dame had a really, really bad night. Portland's beat up. And so I don't know. I just, I, I feel an O and three week coming, uh, but let's move on now and talk about the Oklahoma city blue. So, Oklahoma City Blue, I covered the Blue game last night, which was Saturday. Uh, They actually played against the Kings G League team uh, and got a win. Uh, Deontay Burton, Lou Dort obviously wasn't with the team. He was with the Thunder. But Deontay Burton was down in the G League for the Blue, and he had a very nice night. Actually, the Blue had, they played seven guys. Everyone was injured. It was a seven-man rotation, which is... uh, Reminds Not, me of the Thunder a few years ago. Yeah, and the and the, the plagues of Egypt season. <laughs> yes. Presley actually mentioned that I think briefly in his his podcast with Woj that he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so so the Blue got out a victory, and Deontay had seven assists. So he scored like in the twenties. Had a monster dunk. Hit a few threes, but the seven assists is what really surprised me. Uh, I saw Deontay flash some passes that personally I just didn't think he was capable of making because I've never seen them from him before. So he he kind of put on a show, uh, and it was mainly because he had the ball in his hands for a lot of that game. You know they they just kind of let him do his thing, and and it was kind of impressive. It, it came off a night where he was suspended Friday night with the Oklahoma City Thunder after a locker room altercation. And then got the demotion down to the blue. And obviously isn't on the I don't think he's gonna join him on the road trip. I think he's gonna stay with the blue the rest of this week while Lou gets gets some time up top. So uh it was it was nice to get to see Deontay play up close and then especially I got to sit down and chat with him for a little bit after the game as well. So it was it was cool to talk to Deontay, kinda get an idea of where his head was at. I, I do have audio from my interview with Deontay Burton. Uh, do you guys want to listen a little bit of it? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Awesome. Here you go. So let's start off. You had seven assists tonight. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're down here playing with the blue, is it something you focus on trying to, to improve your court vision, or is that just kind of the way the game went tonight? Um, No, I honestly just take what the game gives you gives me. So if it's passing, it's I pass. If it's scoring, I score. Um, 
I just read the game. So do you feel like you've you've grown as a passer, uh, say, like in the past year? You had one specifically. I think it was the end of the, the second quarter. Mm-hmm. You had the fast break. You got down here. The, the break ended, but you posted up, and you had like a almost a no look from the post, like right-hand whip to the back corner over there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, some passes that like we typically don't see from you. So do, do you feel like that's a place that you've grown a little bit? Um, Honestly, no. I just feel like I'm not in situations to show that. Um, so okay. The, I feel like I matured as a as a person, and it's, it's showing on the court. Definitely. So, speaking of not getting chances to show that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, whenever you play with the Thunder versus mm-hmm. whenever you're on assignment down here, mm-hmm. it seems like you have two different roles. Do you do you feel that 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 you're playing one role with the big league and then a different role when you're down here? Slightly. Um, the role is the same. I just am able to do more down here. That, okay. So it's it's the same, but I but you get a couple more duties okay what's the the biggest challenge of of switching from from team to team like for instance a couple weeks ago you're out in LA guarding LeBron right in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter and then tonight you're out you're out here like playing 30 plus minutes with seven guys on on the team that are healthy Mm -hmm. Uh, what's the biggest challenge bouncing up and down there is no challenge um really because pretty much everything we run up there we run down here so it's like it's it's a great you know it's it's a good what would you call it translate not translation but a great yeah like a transition from transition, from, from top to bottom okay awesome uh, a couple weeks ago there's an Instagram video of uh, you and Baisley doing a little mm-hmm. cook off mm-hmm. uh, what's the best thing you can cook like was that the best thing you can cook or uh, or do you have like a go to dish you cook whenever you're at home you got people coming over I don't really have dishes I like to I'll eat chicken a lot so chicken is like the main thing I cook like, okay you just kind of experiment chicken. with it yeah okay yes. do you have a favorite place to uh, since you've been in Oklahoma City a well, favorite place to eat around here yes my what house is it? your house yeah. okay <laughs> From- so it was a pretty good conversation with Deontay um, it was pretty transitional pretty transitional <laughs> transitional uh no, he he was really nice. I enjoyed talking to him. His voice just doesn't match his body, though. Like, yes. whenever you meet Deontay yes, and you I talk to him, that. you're like, that is not what I expected you to sound like. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Yeah. I feel the same way with Shay, too. Shay does not sound how he looks. Yeah. He has the, like, most ridiculously deep voice Yeah. Ever. Shay sounds like he's a 45-year-old man who smokes a pack a day, who has two, <laughs> uh, two kids and a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> doesn't show any emotion. Just yeah, you're you're right. So neither of them. Um, yeah. Speaking of Deontay, really quick, I pulled this up uh, from the G League's account on Twitter. He had 25 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. Almost had a 25 point triple. Oh, double. so they they 10 of 16 from the field tonight. They end up losing. Oh, that that's from but, tonight. Yeah, it's from tonight's game. Okay. Next, Russell Westbrook. Right there. There you go. Right there. You go. I do think it's interesting to hear his comments and something we've. I know we've kind of touched on before, but the the synergy between the blue and the thunder, I think, is really kind of unique in the league. There's not they were really one of the first teams to adopt a G League team as tightly as they did. Uh and now it's become more commonplace, but I don't think most teams use it as well as the Thunder do to where like he mentioned, they're running the same kind of sets with the blue that they are with the Thunder that allows those two-way players to not really miss a beat and really just use it as extra experience, extra court time. Yeah, definitely. That they may and, not be and, getting. And so when I talked to Coach Gibbs last night after the game, he said the exact same thing because I asked him, how's 
how difficult is it? I mentioned to you guys that they only had seven healthy guys. How difficult is the subbing pattern whenever you have seven guys? And then I said, how? what's the challenge of, I said, tonight you don't have Lou, but you do have Deontay. And I said, maybe next week you do have Lou, you don't have Deontay, and maybe you have Devin Hall down here. I said, what's, what's the challenge of kind of having that revolving door and, and not having the, the consistency of those players. And he mentioned the same thing. He said, it's, it's part, of the, a part of what this is in, in the G League, but we have a, a seamless system with the Thunder that we, we have a system in play where we can like plug guys in. So it's not as much about the individual as it is about how we're operating. He said our terminology is the same. It, it, it's, it's pretty seamless. And so... Uh, I'd expect nothing less from Sam Presti. Yeah, like that's just, yeah, just the, the, the same thing that's that you great. were saying. It just it, it matches up. So it was it was pretty interesting. But um, I will be back with the blue Wednesday night and Saturday night. So next Sunday night, whenever we record our weekly podcast and drop it on Monday morning, you guys will have we'll have some more blue content. Maybe Lou will be back th- with them then. Uh, I don't know, but we will have more blue content to share with you guys. So um, let's take a trip around the association. But before we do that, uh, I think Justin has some stuff he wants to talk to you about. Uh, uh, well, Justin, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Not, usually, not that I was having trouble just now. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or, sorry honey, I'm tanking. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication's appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And getting started is really easy. Just go to Roman, GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, gentlemen, time for one of the best sounders on our podcast. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But... <laughs> Beautiful. God, so good. It never gets, gets old. Hyped. Never gets old. So that's the the song from the old NBC NBA, right? Yep. Okay, because I remember that song always playing on, uh, was it NBA Jam on Super Nintendo? Or maybe it was <laughs> NBA, NBA Live. One of the two. I think maybe NBA Live. I can't remember, but solid song. Solid song. Well, guys, let's start off. Maybe they don't have 
the best record. They have the second best record in the league right now. But you would be hard-pressed to find a better basketball team on planet Earth than the Milwaukee Bucks. They have rattled off, what is it, 14 straight, including a just complete ass-beating of the Clippers the other night. Do you guys think Milwaukee's the best team in the league? And if not, who would you say is? I mean, obviously the Lakers are right up there. But what Milwaukee's doing right now is is real special. So would you guys agree with that statement that Milwaukee's the best team in the league right now? Or are you going somewhere else with that? They would be the best team in the league with Chris Paul at point guard. Ooh. I think the Bucks at this point, in my opinion, are kind of running away with the East. I know the uh, – the record may not say that yet because some teams are still pretty close. But from what I've seen, they're they're clear head and shoulders above others in the East. Um, obviously, there's some some more powerhouses in the West that are going to give them a run for their money. But I say right now, in my opinion, they're they're playing the best basketball there is. Yeah, I mean Giannis just continues to look phenomenal. Um, he made my. Or on the uh, last week's podcast, I said that Luca would probably be the leading candidate for MVP, and then this week he Giannis came out and just made me look silly for saying that. Um, they really do look solid, but I still think they're missing pieces, which is crazy to say after they're playing so well. Um, I think it just kind of goes to to say how well Giannis has been playing and how well coached they are, um, and how great of a system that they have there. So if they can make the right moves from trade deadline, I think they absolutely will be and continue to be the best team in the league. But I'm still uh, very intrigued by the Lakers. They just really are gelling. They're all playing really well together. They have the star power. And obviously, so does uh, Milwaukee with Giannis. But um, there's a lot of star power in L.A. And playoff Milwaukee basketball. Milwaukee doesn't have Alex Caruso. It, that, so. Right, yeah. exactly. The, the biggest star <laughs> of all stars, right? And so playoff basketball is very different from regular season basketball. So when it comes to that, I still would get the edge to these uh, L.A. teams. So just yeah, real quick, Giannis this season, 31 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. Goodness. Uh, 60% <laughs> from the free throw line, 32% from 3 on 5 attempts a game, and then 65% from 2-point range. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> he <laughs> is only doing it because of you. <laughs> exactly. I think it he was this week. I think it was this week when they played the Knicks and he dunked on Julius Randle. Did you guys see that oh video? Oh my gosh, where he that was kind of what I particularly in the podcast, where it was like the MJ. Yeah. Oh my god, scene dude. From Space Jam. What do you do with that? Like, like, yeah. Julius Randle's a grown ass man, and he did that to him. Oh, like, absurd. Made him look like a child. Yeah. Like, those are his kids now. Like, Julius <laughs> Randle doesn't have children anymore. They're Giannis's <laughs> children. <laughs> like, I think it's interesting looking at the Bucks, but even also like you mentioned, Taylor, the Lakers. I just I get the sense that the the rosters are flawed to an extent. Like they're not you don't they don't look like up and down perfect teams on paper, but on the court it's hard to argue with. Like it's hard to argue with fourteen straight wins, and I think a lot of that, like we've mentioned, really just has to be attributed to Giannis. He's continuing to get better, which is terrifying. Yeah, and I don't know that we've seen his ceiling yet, which is also terrifying. <laughs> it's still terrifying. <laughs> I've got a I've got a fun one. Who's uh who's the worst team in the league this year? That's a good question. Actually, so it is a good question, but it's also an easy answer. 
which is the, the New York Knicks. Knicks. Exactly. What a <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a bad basketball team. They should what just a be bad franchise. If it wasn't for their like historical, um, I don't even know what you would get. Historically, they've been a, a great franchise. If they didn't have that, if they didn't have their history, I mean, some to Seattle. Get them out of there. Like, what a disaster. Oh, man, that's a hot take. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's so bad. So bad. If it wasn't for Madison Square Garden, and, it would be irrelevant. And I love they fired David Fisdale this week because that's the Scapegoat. problem. Scapegoat. That's, yep. that's right. the problem right there. Not the flawed roster. Not that you traded your franchise star right. to open up cap space to sign guys you couldn't get, and then you signed every goddamn power forward in the league, right? And you have an owner who's the biggest damn idiot maybe the world's ever seen. He's, um, uh, I was about to go somewhere else. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> but I see exactly where you're headed. But it's David Fisdale's fault, right? At yeah. some point, you got to look at the common denominator, right? Holy shit. I will, I will say one thing. <laughs> I will say one thing about the Knicks. If they're smart... And, and, and you can stop that things. sentence right there. <laughs> they actually have quite a few contracts, guys like Marcus Morris, that they could flip around the deadline strategically and start racking up assets. But there's already reports that? out no. that they're stupid and that they're trying to improve their team. Like, I'm with you, though. You're exactly right. Here's they, here's my thing with the Knicks. They We all know they need to tank. Now, shit, they have tanked. Right, but they they always try to fast forward it because they're the Knicks. Oh, we're gonna go get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, right? No, oh my God, it's just it's a dumpster fire. I cannot imagine being a New York Knicks fan. And the only thing I, I forgot who tweeted this out. It was a great tweet, but it was like basically oh it was Bill Simmons, which is <laughs> another crazy. I know he Bill had actually had a decent tweet, um, but he talked about how like you mentioned Jacob, like Kyrie, KD. There's always like. They're a terrible franchise. They're going in the wrong direction, but they have like, oh, we're the Knicks, so don't worry, guys. We're going to get Kevin Durant. We're going to get Kyrie. Now it's Giannis, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And they'll strike out then. And then what? Right? you got to look at the common denominator. You keep firing coaches, and nothing gets better because you're a shit organization that's been ran into the dirt (laughs) repeatedly. I I just, I can't even fathom. And it's not, I mean, it's Giannis. They want Giannis, but they also want, uh, Masai Ujiri, right? Right, exactly. And, and why, my question is, why in the hell would Masai Ujiri go work for James Dolan? Money, money, money. <laughs> like, oh Cash my God. rules everything around me. It's just, <laughs> it's a damn dumpster fire. It's so bad. Yeah. If, if you're yeah. a Knicks fan listening to this podcast, I just... Hey, we'll, I uh, love our guys over at the Knicks Wall, fellow Blue Water yeah. Podcast. Great guys, we'll, really good. Well, dudes. <laughs> I'll look up some like online like prayer rings or something where like you you submit what you need praying for, so other people can like pray for you. And then in the subject line, I'm just gonna write Knicks fan, well, because y'all deserve it. Here's an idea: Why don't the Knicks trade for another power forward like Kevin Love? Then they'd have an entire team of power forwards. Hey, at some point they're gonna start all five power forwards. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> Put Taj Gibson in at the one. I'm ready for it. What was that? That was me. Sorry. I was going through. Uh, yeah, I accidentally clicked on a video. Trying to find a tweet um, that had some relevant stats, and I 
struggle to find it. All right. <laughs> I thought you were doing your like ghetto sounder. Again, like, <laughs> oh yeah, I know. On your phone. All right. <laughs> well, let's listen to a good sounder because, as Nick just alluded to, we're gonna trade Kevin Love. All right, so, gentlemen, you three are the Cleveland front office. You are in the war room. It is draft, or not draft night. We're not jumping that far ahead. It is trade deadline day. And with two hours left on the trade deadline uh, countdown clock, I guess, you have a big countdown clock in your war room. You have five trades on the board. You've been discussing with teams for a month now, and you have five trades on the board for your veteran all-star, Kevin Love. So I'm going to give you one of the options, and then as the Cleveland front office doing what's best for your organization, I want you guys to discuss the trade. Then I'll give you option two, option three, option four, option five. And after you've gone through all five of them, uh, I want you to decide which deal you are taking. These are the last five deals you have on the table, uh, and it is up to you to choose one because... Not only do you want to trade Caleb, but he has told you he's ready to get out. All right, y'all clear on what you're doing. We're ready to go. Indeed. Beautiful. I'm glad Justin's prepared. Ready to go. Put trade number one. <laughs> you have a deal with the Portland Trailblazers. They will send you, you're sending them Kevin Love. They will send you Hassan Whiteside, who's on an expiring contract, and their 2020 first round pick. Thoughts? Mm-mm, no, thank you. Yikes. I mean, I I think they can probably get more for Gallo than that, but... Um, for Gallo? You mean for Kevin Love? Or for, sorry, for Kevin Love. I said Gallo. Goodness. <laughs> um, I'm thinking Thunder Terms still. I think they can probably still get more for Kevin Love than that. Uh, you can I was definitely... about to say, when comparing that to like what they would get for Gallo, or what Gallo could get in return for Gallo. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's not like something you're just going to like I, I think that's something they can work with. I'll put it that One way. One thing to arm yourself with, one piece of information, is after this season, Kevin Love is owed $31.3 million, $31.3 million next season, $31.3 million the following season, and then in 2022-2023, he is owed $29 million. I've got a, got a kind of a side note on that. Uh, with the contracts they're handing out these days and, and the, the size of them, 29 is not a number that scares me anymore. You got guys like Jalen Brown making 29 and a half for the next several years. So I, I don't think that's that's a crazy number. No, I, I agree. It's not, and especially with the cap rising, uh, the problem is that Kevin Love will be, he's already not athletic and he'll be 34 at the end of that deal. And still so you, somewhat injury prone. It, it, yeah, it, it is a, it still takes up a decent amount of your of your salary cap. All right, deal number two is Kevin Love to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, and Musai Ujiri is willing to send you back Mark Gasol, which is another expiring contract, and Toronto's 2020 first-round pick. Again, I just I just don't think an expiring and a first-rounder is going to get it done for a guy like Kevin Love. I think that's a those are both deals that would be great for a guy like Gallinari, who you're trading for for one playoff push, and then he's probably walking in free agency. Uh, but for a guy like Caleb, I think he's going to 
get a bit more than just an expiring at a first, and especially teams like that that are going to be late first probably. Like a team like Cleveland's going to be looking for a young player. Um, so like in the Blazers scenario, a guy like um, uh, what's his name? Nas- Anthony Nassar Simons. Little. Or no, no, what that might be a little too much. I'm thinking like Nassar Little. Um, you know, guys to play with with Sexton and Garland and um, Porter Jr., like guys like that. Um, so I'm with you, Nick. I kind of – I think I know where you're headed with that. The one thing I like o- about Gasol over Whiteside between these two trades is that I think Gasol's locker room presence would be appreciated in Cleveland. It sound, Things have been uh, somewhat contentious uh, dealing with the, the losing, and I think a guy like Marc Gasol – has always had a good reputation in the locker room. That's not an enough reason to pull the trigger in and of itself, but I think between those two trades, that gives Toronto the edge. All right, next one. The Miami Heat are interested in K-Love, and they are willing to send back Myers Leonard, who I believe is an expiring contract, uh, Justice Winslow, who is an interesting... Uh, he's not young. He's kind of young. Interesting prospect. And KZ Okpala, who is their their draft pick from last year, uh, I think he's from Stanford. He's a he's a long wing with a little bit of potential. So you're not getting a pick from them because their picks have been traded out, but you are getting Justice Winslow and KZ Okpala, a, a young wing, and then Myers Leonard for salary matches matching purposes. That's that's better than the first two, in my opinion. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's definitely more to work with from a an asset standpoint. I'm going to be honest; I don't know anything about KZ Akpala, yeah, so I, don't I can't either. really exactly evaluate that part yeah. of the trade. Uh, but Justice Wins- Winslow is would be interesting on the Cavs for sure. All right, next one: sending Kevin Love out west to the Phoenix Suns. They are willing to offer Tyler Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. Throwing like a, a draft pick there, and I think that one might get it done. Okay, so Mikhail Bridges and the draft pick as the sweetener, Tyler Johnson as salary matching. How yeah, do you guys feel I'm, about this one? I'm with you, Taylor. If if you throw in the first round pick there, especially from a team like Phoenix who thinks they're good in a in a playoff team this year, and quite frankly they're not, uh, I think that's a good deal because you're going to get a, a lottery pick. Does yeah. Phoenix have their first round pick in 2020? That's a good, very good point. That is something I do not up. know, and I am looking at right now. They do have their own 2020 okay. first-round pick, so it well, is tradable. That, so we'll we'll throw that pick in there as well. Well, then absolutely. If it, like if you do yeah. that, I think that's that's a great trade. All right, and then the last one: Kevin Love and Jordan Clarkson to the Timberwolves in return for Jeff T who is expiring, I believe. Gorgie Dang. He's got a few more years on his deal. Jarrett Culver and the Wolves 2020 pick. Okay, yeah, that one wins. I like that. <laughs> yep. Sign me up for Jarrett Culver. Like if I'm like, if I'm the Cavs, I'm looking at this from the Cavs perspective, 100%. Yep, I'm with you, Justin. So you guys are yep. all going with the Minnesota deal? Yep. They only got better. I think from from pick one to pick five, they accelerated in and interest the Cavs would have yeah yeah and Send I am back. always I'm always in favor of of players making a momentous return like that there you yep. go. I love Kevin it. Love going back home 
That he, would be uh, that'd be pretty cool. Back when he back when he was like chubby, fat Kevin yes. Todd, Kevin Love. Yes. If you had to make a list of NBA <laughs> glow ups, Caleb's uh, got to be at the top. Yeah, I'm with no so Mark good. Gasol is at the top. Caleb's probably Fair. number two though. Have you guys seen that high school picture of Mark Gasol? <laughs> yes. Oh god, so good. Poor guy, probably got bullied so bad in high school. <laughs> I mean, probably not because he probably Just beat so the big. shit out of you yep. how big he is. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, before we call it quits on this podcast for the evening, I have a final question for you. With Christmas coming around the corner, we're like two weeks away. I want to know, what is your favorite Christmas movie? There's only one answer here, and the answer is Christmas Vacation. Oh, I just watched yes. it the other night, bro. Yes, yes. It is so good. Christmas like Vacation it has been phenomenal. Tradition in my family from... Probably when I was way too young to be watching that movie. Oh, I totally remember too. Watching <laughs> this movie way too. It young. was usually like not as close to Thanksgiving. I did not as close understand to Thanksgiving as possible. Yeah, we would watch. Yeah, it. I did not understand any of the references when he was in the department store talking to the lady about like the underwear, the the <laughs> yes lingerie. So oh my god, so good. Uh, so my I have family in Chicago, and my parents were up there at Thanksgiving. And I was talking to him one day, and I said, yeah, what would you guys do today? And my dad said, yeah, we went down to the Magnificent Mile and did some shopping, uh, took a picture at the exact spot where Clark Griswold shopped for lingerie. <laughs> that is so <laughs> awesome. I love that. Uh, you know, that's so good. Hitting all the high points. Um, the necessities. Yeah, absolutely. Fav- favorite like moment or line from that movie? What do you got? <laughs> this the is shitter. an under-the-radar the one. <laughs> the- Merry Christmas. Shitter's full. <laughs> I'm going to go under the radar, but it's when Griswold is out getting the chainsaw and his neighbors say, hey, Griswold, where are you going to put a tree that big? (laughs) And he says, bend over and I'll I'll show you. (laughs) I think bend over and I'll show you is a that's what she said esque line. Oh, yeah. It can be used. But the 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 best part of that is when he says, you can't talk to me like that. And he says. (laughs) I wasn't talking to you, referring to his <laughs> to wife. His wife. Yeah. Oh. So no, my the best line is whenever they're going sledding and Clark is putting the spray on the sleds, and then he asks Eddie, "Hey Eddie, you want you want some spray?" <laughs> oh no, nah, Clark! Remember I got that metal plate in my head. Well, I gotta be careful. Anytime the wife turns on the microwave, piss myself. Forget who I am for half an hour. <laughs> oh my God! It's the, it's the best line. Uh, oh, it's so good. Nick, you haven't said anything. Is this not your favorite Christmas movie? No, it's a good one. It's not my favorite. Uh, I, I had to I have to make a report here. I texted Kamiar, asked his favorite movie. Uh, he wanted everyone to know that his favorite Christmas movie is Frozen. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> my of favorite Christmas movie is maybe not one of the most popular classics. I've always thought Home Alone was was one of That's my favorite another ones. great yep. great it's answer. Solid hey, and it's on Disney it's Plus, hard right? To go wrong. Yeah, yeah, it is. All yeah, the I, I just watched watch I just watched the second one Lost in New York last week. Oh, there nice. you go. Good call. I I'm a sucker for the really old school cartoon, so Frosty um, the the old school animated how the Grinch stole Christmas. Yes. Grinch Chris- stole Christmas. Christmas. Yep. There we go. Um the, the Grinch old, stole the like, playoffs. The the <laughs> claymation Rudolph, yes. uh, with the abominable snowman and uh, Cornelius. Yes, uh, those are all good. You you can't go wrong with any of those. Um, Charlie Brown Christmas. I know it's not a movie, but Charlie all Brown's those great. 
Yep. All those are are really really good ones. I've got to um, do my part here and throw out Elf. Got to throw that out here. Yeah, I watched Elf. It's, we, I watched Elf classic. yesterday. Elf's a good one. Perfect. Uh, what about the night before the Christmas the Christmas movie with Seth Rogen? Oh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. I've seen that once. I've only seen that one time, and it was really really. Funny. I don't think I've seen. that. Oh my gosh! So don't watch it with the kids. Yeah, <laughs> uh, obviously because it's a Seth Rogen movie, but right. you should watch it. It's really funny. It's really good. Yeah. So, all right. Any other Christmas movie thoughts, opinions on Die Hard as a Christmas movie? Oh, Absolutely. Here we go. <laughs> oh God, Kamiar's probably gonna quit the so, pod if you say that look, again. I don't have really. He picked Frozen. I'm like, he doesn't. I'm kind of indifferent on Die Hard, but my whole argument here is, if we include Die Hard, then Rocky Four has to be a Christmas movie as well. Why not? The more there the you merrier. go. That's right. Merry Christmas. I'm Merry right. freaking Christmas. Shitter's full. <laughs> Shitter's full, Clark. <laughs> All right, well, oh, that's the old music. Whoops. Throwback. How about this one instead? That was a nice little oh, that's, transition that's there. That's the post-game. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm all over the place, man. <laughs> We're just going with this. Hey, thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. We really appreciate you. We'll be back with you late Monday night. Actually, I will be back with you late Monday night to break down OKC versus Utah out in Salt Lake City. Utah struggling a little bit. So it should be an interesting game. If you have not already, go subscribe to us wherever you download your podcasts. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Follow these guys on Twitter as well. I don't know. That's all I got. Merry Christmas. Shitter's full. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.